In keeping with our Tisha B'Av theme for this evening, in lieu of a standard sermon, I had asked Marsha if she could prepare for us a reading from Echa, from the Book of Lamentations. It's one of the five Megillot that are read during the year. When we say reading the Megillah, it doesn't just mean Purim, but there are actually five different readings that come from the Book of Kituvim, the last volume in the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, this one is read specifically on Tisha B'Av, and again is Jeremiah's account of the fall of Jerusalem in his own eyes as a member of the priesthood and one of the last ones who are taken out of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. If you turn to the packet that we distributed, at the very front page of the entire book is Echa. If we were in Jerusalem right now, or in other parts of the world, but especially in Jerusalem, there would be throngs of people walking, many of them barefoot, to Jerusalem, to the old city, to hear the chanting of Echa in its extremely lachrymose, mournful tone. Traditionally, people sit on the floor, not on chairs, to hear Echa being read, even sometimes hitting themselves, afflicting themselves, to remember what it was like for the Israelites at that time. So in a moment, Marsha is going to read this for us, or chant for us with translation. You'll see that in, if you read through the Hebrew here, just look at it, again, this is an acrostic, that every, le- every verse begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet, trying to give some semblance of routine or order to a, an era of absolute disorder. And so I don't want to steal any more thunder from this. So Marsha, would you come sing this with us? Sure. I just want to add that if you look at the English, you'll see that, you know, this is poetry, so it's, it's, it's not meant to be understood. Poetry is never meant to be understood literally. It's metaphor. And you'll see that Jerusalem is compared to the most vulnerable in society, which is the widow, the abandoned woman, even the raped woman. And really, I think the worst part of all is the woman whose children have been taken away from her. So there's a lot of very, very sad, disturbing imagery in Echa. Um, and you'll, you'll, if you look at the English, you'll see. I'm just going to chant the first, the first, uh, sorry, the first five verses. And I'm going to conclude. The very last line of Echa is something that we sing every time we take out our Torah. We sing at the end, we sing, Hashiveinu, Hashiveinu. We don't usually sing that melody, but um, we sing that line of text that says, Return us, God, and we will turn to you. Um, renew for us days like in the old days, in the beginning. And there's different ways to understand that line, but I think of, um, I don't know if you ever experienced the deepest grief where you actually wanted to, like you wish that you could reverse time. Did anybody ever feel that way? Were you really, you felt so, so much grief that you wanted to turn the clock back and see if you could redo it. I sort of think of that um, Superman when he tried to reverse the planet so he could bring Lois Lane back to life. So I, I know that feeling of wanting to reverse time. And in a sense, the Hashivenu is the grief is so deep. Is there a way to go back? And, and, what, and what the answer is, is there is actually a way to go back, but it's not the way we think of it. It's a returning to God.
ta ke amana. The city once full of people has become a
I just want to thank Marsha publicly for the fact that I called her on Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday, and said, I think this is what we should do for Shabbat, to talk about Tisha B'Av. And she said, oh, I have an idea about chanting Echa. So thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. thank you as well to our choir and for Rodney for your flexibility in finding more somber versions. I said, Rodney, make it sad. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I want to add one other note about Tisha B'Av, which is the fact that traditionally, or more recently, it has not been observed by the Reform Movement. And this goes back a good hundred years or so, first of all, to original Reform Judaism denying the nationhood of Israel, but purely the religion of Israel, that to wish for the reestablishment of a nation of Israel ran against the beliefs of the Reformers of Reform Judaism, who sought to define Judaism in purely religious and ritualistic terms. So that's number one. The second reason why it was not practiced by the Reform Movement was because to wish for the rebuilding of Jerusalem meant for a return to the, to the cult of sacrifices within the Temple. And as Reform Judaism had turned far away from this and actually celebrated the creativity of the post-destruction of the Temple rabbis in transforming a religion that was based upon a land and a site and around the sacrifices into prayer anywhere in the world, that it was not such a tragedy for the temple to be destroyed, but liberated Judaism from an earlier, and for earlier for reformed Jews actually saw that as a less civilized form of Judaism. It allowed it to evolve. The third reason not to celebrate Tisha B'Av, and this comes from the opposite end of the spectrum, but for the Zionists of the time, was that once 1948 came around, that to still mourn over the loss of Jerusalem and call for God to restore Jerusalem and Israel, especially after 67 and 73 and Jerusalem becoming part of the state of Israel, would be to deny reality or to ignore the fact of the birth, the miraculous birth of the state of Israel. And so in some parts, in some communities, people will actually celebrate on Tisha B'Av, will not fast, but will see this as a day of celebration for look where we've come, that we are Kekedim, that we have been renewed, and that Jerusalem has renewed us, revitalized us. At the same time, as this has become the central, I'd say, repository of, of Jewish uh, suffering and grief for 2,000 years, it should leave something to be said that Tisha B'Av comes close to, but not on, but close to other dates in Jewish history, such as the expulsion from Spain, such as Kristallnacht, such as the deportation of the Warsaw Ghetto to Treblinka and others, that allows us at the very least to, even as we celebrate Jerusalem and the modern state of American Jewry, to remember all of the pain and sacrifices of our ancestors before us, which endured all of that to allow for the opportunities we have today and to protect it and to cherish it so that never again will we have to wish for the establishment of Jerusalem. And so that we keep on building ourselves up, much as you just say, Chadesh Yamenu, Kikedem, and that we will never succumb to the inner turmoil that Jeremiah speaks of, that eventually led to the demise of the Israelites in Jerusalem and to the city of Jerusalem. May that be the God's will. Okay, so.